This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fish in Texas with your hosts, Jaron Wassel and Andrew Moxagimba. Join the conversation at kayakfishingradio.com or call the guys up at 714-816-4727. Now, it's time for Yak Fishing Texas. Here are your hosts, Jaron and Andrew. everybody to Yak Fishing Texas. I am your host, Jaron Waffle. Of course, joined by, joined by my co-host, Andrew Moxagimba. And we got a pretty good show tonight. We got a real big guest. Looking forward to talking to him, about 30 minutes or so. We're going to have Jim Sammons from the Kayak Fishing Show on to talk all things offshore kayak fishing. So try to keep our show themed around that topic tonight, something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, so if, you, if you're logged into the chat, you got any questions tonight, feel free. Go ahead, field them. We'll ask as many as we can get to after we get through some of the things we want to talk to Jim about. Uh, so, yeah, most definitely log in and let's have some fun tonight. So, uh, so just to kind of recap, so Andrew and I last week talked about going on a casting glass adventure, and it was nothing short of that one piece. Uh, it Actually, after the trip, I wanted to punch a weatherman in the face. We got down there, and it looked solid, but we were greeted with 28 degrees when we got to the water and a stout 20-mile-an-hour west wind. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, But we did get to do something pretty cool. We got to test a little, a new kayak to the market, something from New Zealand called the Viking Profish Reload. so, Andrew, you paddled that boat around mainly that morning. What, what, were, what was your take on that boat? Did you what is it? What did you think it paddles it? You know, comparable to that's on the United States market. Well, I mean, you and I have both been paddling the the Ultra Four Seven for a little while now. So, that's like the New Zealand boat that you know I'm familiar with paddling, and and so are you. Um, the way I compare, there's nothing I can straight compare it to and draw a direct line to the way it paddles because it's. It was an extremely efficient hull, and it, it felt light. Not light to carry, but just light on the water. It, the boat glided and slid across the water more than anything I've ever paddled before in my life. And, I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, it, it just felt like it was sliding. It When you paddled it, did it feel like it was sliding instead of just pushing water the whole time? Yeah, it really did. It, it felt like it was really just kind of gliding across the top. It was effortless, you know, Combine that with a really good paddle, and you've got a, a very pure paddler's boat. Uh, it was really nice. I liked the deck layout. It was really impressive. Uh, I, I did think about it after a while when we were driving back home. The, probably the one boat I would say it paddled the most like was the old Prowler 15. You know, that real effortless glide. 
the boat felt lightweight in the water. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it had a lot of the whole characteristics of a 4.7, and I was really impressed with the secondary stability. So that way when you start leaning over right or left, it really caught you held on, and that was just in calm, flat water. I, I'd be really pressed to say that it would be terrible offshore. I, I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. It's, it's got plenty of rocker, plenty of rise in the bow, it's it's going to shed those bigger swells, and I just kind of want to put it through its paces. And I think honestly, the, the you know the chill pod in the back for kind of like the 4.7 ice box is really cool, but I think the overall best feature for me in that boat was literally the seating pan on that was molded into the boat. The way it keeps you at that yeah. angle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I mean, that was the really surprising part of. You know, just because it's still a basic kayak seat and everyone's moving to these, you know, large, monstrous seats in these boats, but that seating pan just changed the whole dynamic of the way that boat felt. I mean, you were literally planning as you're paddling with your thighs and not with your feet. It was it was a really comfortable, really comfortable paddle because of that. Yeah, it was... It was really cool. I, I like that a lot. I, I like that if you can you, you have the ability of going from a Trident 13 style layout with the pod in the middle or you remove it and then you can drop down a flatter deck style pod and uh, you know, you've really got a lot of versatility there. So if you're a guy who likes a, you know, maybe a clean deck so you, you can pop in the flatter one and the flatter one even got a little kid seat up front too so you can take your little one with you. Uh, but then if you're another guy who likes that pod there, the ability to store things and have them readily available, well, then there you go. That's, uh, there it was. I, I was really pleased. And I, I noticed you were on the water. You were accessing all of your lures, tackle pieces, everything very cleanly, easily, and quickly. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what other people who are more acclimated to boats that are on the American market think about that one, if anybody ever decides to bring them over here. I mean, we just know a guy that bought one for himself. Right. So. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that butt would do over here. I, th- I think it would do well, but... Yeah, I agree. And maybe if we beg enough, maybe we can see if, we'll, if we can get him out of it, actually. We'll see if we let him... Uh, we'll see if he'll let us take a offshore, maybe go down to South Padre, go put it through some good tests down there. Well, I haven't given it back yet, so I mean, he's gonna—he might have to come repossess it to actually get the boat back from me. You're, so you're holding it right? What you're saying? Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much what I'm doing. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so, couple of recap. Uh, do all a recap that we usually do uh, from what we had some last weekend's events. Uh, of course, you know. Continuing theme for this season will be the CAT tournament. They had their uh, Lake Conroe event. They only had one guy catch and then all five allotted fish. He actually caught all of his allotted amount, and everybody else only caught like one or two. That's how brutal Conroe was. It, the, the cold front came in, shut down the bite, and those guys really had to grind out fish. So I... Kudos to the winner. You know, he, he put it out. He, he duped it out with that conditions for a long time and got to take home some good money. 
And uh, they still, for a new market, still got 40 guys that come out. So it's pretty impressive, you know, not too bad. It's not the 83 that they saw in the Austin area, but 40 traveling anglers is pretty darn good for a kayak tournament. And then uh, another cool thing we had go on this weekend was actually not in Texas, but it's an offshore kayak fishing tournament. Uh, they had the sailfish smackdown over in Pompano Beach, Florida. Uh, that was a really cool tournament that was really broadcast very well over Facebook, social media. It got some love on Kayak Angler Magazine and Kayak Fish Magazine. So it's a, it was a sailfish kayak tournament, the two-day tournament that basically people from all over the country came and fished for sailfish exclusively. You know, and I only know a handful of guys that have ever caught billfish from a kayak. You know, we'll talk to Jim tonight. He's, he's the pioneer, really, in my eyes of that. And then, you know, Travis, our friend, Travis Sadler, uh, he used to work with us. He caught one out of the Corpus Christi area. So, you know, it, it's definitely something that I would love to experience because there's, to me, there's nothing like seeing that fish come flying out of the water. You, you just got done chasing down your bait, and just the erratic jumping style of those fish, you really get your blood pumping. Uh, Andrew, you've really got to come down to Baja one year. And I didn't, I'm not old, I've only been once, but that's how much it, it, it'll change you. It's beautiful, and just seeing Max catch that marlin that one time, you got to come down and do that with us if we do it, man. No, I know. It seems like it changed your whole perspective on everything after you went on that trip. Um, uh, it's definitely it's on my list of things to do. Good. Because if you haven't done it, and you, anybody out there, definitely go look up Jim. Uh, I think it's jimsammons.com. He's got a link on there for his Baja-specific trips. He'll, he'll post updates on there of when the trips are upcoming. Do it. It's it's a bucket list item. It really is. It should be for every aspiring offshore kayak angler, in my opinion. You get, you get big fish. It's fun in a relaxed environment. I mean, it's Baja, California, man. I mean, you don't get much more laid back than that. But, anywho, the, so back to the, the sailfish smackdown. So what's really cool about this event, too, I was reading a little bit about it, and it would be kind of interesting to see if this can kind of develop into something in Texas, even though we don't have sailfishes readily available right off the coast, maybe do some sort of event where, you know, we can get a group of guys who are willing to – pony up deck space on their power boats and take some kayakers out and go target these things. But so Joe, uh, this is this event is all hosted by extremekayakfishing.com. And a guy named Joe Hector is the owner of of that website. He puts on these events. Well he held seminars for these guys who never caught billfish from a kayak, didn't know how to target them, and he from what I read, he really went into depth and detail on specific techniques that he uses, you know, how to the right equipment, how to, how to target these things, where to look, and how to fight them and, you know, landing them as well. So really, really cool event. And believe it or not, the winner of the event was out of Oklahoma. I don't know about you, Andrew, but... <laughs> The last time I ever checked, Oklahoma isn't necessarily home to resident sailfish species. 
No, no. It, it looks like the second place guy was from Oklahoma too. That that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it, and see, and not only did the winner come from Oklahoma, second place came from Oklahoma as well. So I don't know what those guys brought over tactic wise. Maybe they were using striped bass techniques. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. They, it seems like they just came down there and they laid the wood to everybody who was out there and just took home, I think they took home a cool three grand for winning this event. So, and then, now, that was that was this last weekend. Now, coming up in April, uh, the same guy that puts on this tournament, Joe, he's going to be putting on another tournament. It's going to be in the Bahamas, and they'll actually mothership your kayak and gear and everything from the mainland United States to the Bahamas. And then you get to go out there and fish for, you know, yellowfin tuna, mahi, marlin, wahoo, everything. And it's an all-expense or an all-inclusive style trip. You know, each ticket's 500 bucks. And depending on the room that you want, there's some other smaller uh, packages. But winner, winner takes home five grand. And then something really cool is you take home a championship ring, like a Super Bowl ring, man. Have you had a chance to get on the website, Andrew, to take a look at it? Yeah, we looked at that. I remember we looked at that a couple months ago. That ring is that's crazy for a kayak fishing yeah. tournament. It literally does look like a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty pretty awesome to to go over there, kick butt, take home a check for five grand. But not only that, wear a big fat diamond encrusted championship ring. Pretty slick, man. So, but you know, it those guys. They've got a they've got a style of kayak fishing that we really don't get a chance to to experience here in Texas. But I'm not trying to belittle Texas offshore kayak fishing whatsoever because we have some pretty good accessible waters to fish offshore from kayaks and a plethora of species to target. Uh, now, you know, just a little bit of background on me. I've been offshore kayak fishing since 2006. I want to say that sounds about right. I really don't know my dates too well. But it's it's something that I'm very passionate about. I like I like going out and, and doing that style of fishing. I like doing my own rigging, building my own leaders. There's just something about I launch from the beach, I do my own paddling, power myself out to where the fish are, and then I'm fishing with leaders that I built myself, catch those fish, land them, and then I make it back. I mean, that's a very rewarding experience. So I think that's really what the draw is for me that and, you know, you're catching larger fish. But that's really the main appeal to me. And you know that, Andrew. You you caught that kingfish when we were in Florida. You, it's a different ballgame than catching redfish and trout, even though that is fun and that might be someone else's forte. But it's... it's there's a little more adrenaline. But if you're a, yeah, if you're a adrenaline junkie a little bit, there's a little bit more to it than... I mean, I, I, I love catching redfish and trout. I mean, that's still... Flats fishing is still one of my favorite things to do. But after doing that, it's just, it's so, not to be stupid here, but it's a whole other level of kayak fishing. I mean, it just, it steps everything up. The right. skill set, it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and, you know, and more and more we're starting to see new people jump into the sport. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of the boat manufacturers develop lines that specifically target that line of fishing. Um and then you've also, you know, you're seeing an increase in, an increased presence of people taking the sailing kayaks out, uh, the Hobie 
AIs, PIs, to really go and push the envelope and go out there and test those uncharted waters that, you know, maybe someone's not willing to go paddle out to. You know, it's, I mean, it's not every time that you can hear of a guy that paddled out to nine-mile rigs or seven-mile rigs and target species that are still within state waters that you can also catch out at the shelves. That's that's something really cool. I mean, it's just starting to extend the range of kayakers out there. And I'll tell you what, man, when you're out there at those seven-mile rigs and powerboats come by and see a kayak sitting there, you get some pretty funky looks. And not to circle back to where we first started, but, I mean, talking about the way it's affecting kayaking in general, think of all these New Zealand boats. I mean, that's all they do. That's all they do is fish offshore. And, you know, the ultras, the now, you know, we just powered that Viking, the fill freezer New Zealand designed. I mean, if you want to see the cutting-edge kayak designs, you go look at kayaks in New Zealand because they are are out there. Well, and... and and another thing I really kind of like about, uh, you know, the, the Texas scene, too, is if you go to Florida and you go fish there, it's, it's kind of, when you go offshore, it's really kind of one style. You, it's blue water kayak fishing. You're usually going out and finding structure underneath the water, or you're going out and you're going to go find the drop-offs or wrecks or anything like that. You know, that's usually more prevalent around the entire coastline. That, that is the style of fishing there. You know, here, it ranges, I mean, you go all the way up from the northern coast on Texas, up around the Bolivar area, and it's predominantly mud. And it's, you know, you don't get deep water till you get, and I say deep, I'm talking like inshore, what we consider deep from a kayak here, is really going to be kind of around that, 18 to 20 foot range. You in the Bolivar area, you got to go about two miles, three miles out to even start sniffing that style of water. But that being said, it it gives you a different area to fish for different types of fish. So Bolivar is really good for bull red in the fall. You know the mud and everything like that that really suits them more well. And as you gradually move down the coast, you get progressively cleaner water because you're getting away from that backwash from the Mississippi. And, you know, you, you can get to deeper water a whole lot faster because that shelf comes in closer. So, I mean, in my opinion, I, I've always liked fishing the cleaner water, but it, it, either way you go, you can't go wrong because you've got something you can target. You know, it, up on Bolivar, like I said, bull red, that's going to be predominantly what you catch most of the year, uh, more so in the fall than anything. But you can also still catch sharks out there uh, on the correct weather style days. You can, I've seen one guy catch uh, about a 40-inch cobia, and that's only in like 12 to 15 foot of water, and he caught it underneath a piece of, uh, or he caught it underneath a floating log. Just something that the, the cobia was relating to that day. I mean, so, and then as you move down, you know, you can go out and the water will get cleaner. That's going to be better for your sight. Uh, your sight style predators, like your kingfish, Spanish mackerel, and you'll get more tarpon down that area. And I'm talking mainly south of the Freeport area, starting starting in that area and gradually moving down the coast all the way down to, say, Brownsville. So those are all potential species. I mean, you can, you can even go after uh, cobia at the 
the pipe, the, the pipe stands, like the rigs that are out there, those offer lots of standing structure for you to fish. While we still have them, I, I do know that they're starting to tear those things down. Which I, don't, I mean, I don't know, man. That really sucks. Have you heard about that, Andrew? No, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I hadn't. I knew they were talking about it. I didn't realize they'd already started doing it. Yeah. It's, uh, from what I understand, there was a, there was a span pipe, I believe, right out of the, out of the Surfside jetties. It, from what I read was right. I think they're already starting to tear those things down, which is really sad because that was really good fishing for a really long time, and you can go out there and catch on any given day uh, if the conditions are right. You, you know, you got the shot at Cobia, Snapper, uh, potential bag grouper that are around the bottom. Um, then you've got around the perimeter, you've got the kingfish stalking the area, you've got Spanish mackerel that will school up. So once they take these rigs, it's really going to kind of limit structure-style fishing unless you've got, you know, a depth, a depth finder that you can go out there and actually mark coordinates where you find something that you just kind of run over. So that's, that's going to be real tough for those guys that are used to fishing that area. You're going to have to progressively go out farther and farther, which I hope in the long run does not mean a lot of newbies that are in the sport try to push the envelope and try to paddle out past their comfort zone. Because number one thing when you're out there is safety. So, and you, you, yeah. you know as well. Go ahead, man. I would say, yeah, just knowing your limits. I mean, like you're saying, yeah. don't, you know, don't push past your comfort zone. That, that's huge. Right. But, you know, that's, you know, some of the things I like doing out there is it's, well, I'm at the rigs. One of the, for me, what I found to be a lot of very productive and, you know, I was taught this over time is getting small knife jigs. Those are, real, those are real fun. I mean, the safety aspect is fun, but I don't really want to dive into it too much because there's a lot of material out there on it. I recommend go over to TexasKayakFisherman.com. You can go on the BTB forum for, you know, beyond the breakers or offshore kayak fishing, whatever you want to call it, and read the safety forum there. There's plenty of it there. I don't want to get into it too much. But when you fish the, when you fish the, the Texas coast, you know, predominantly in the Freeport area, you'll fish bait, You'll catch sharks, reds, everything like that. But when you start getting on around the rigs and then some of the closer in reefs that you can find in the South Texas area, that's when you're going to start using, say, topwaters on a lot of schooling activity. You're going to use your vertical jigging. Uh, you can use small little knife jigs anywhere from, you can use them from one ounce up to four ounce. I've caught a lot, I've caught a lot of fish on those things around there. And then you can still drop dead bait down and, catch snapper and whatnot, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's produced quite a bit of good snapper out there that I've seen. But at the same time, trolling around the rig, that's another thing I like to do. Build your own double drop leaders with uh, and a, king, or a ribbon fish on there and go paddle around and wait till you get slammed. That's a really good way. Kingfish love those things. I mean, you've got so many options on the Texas coast. You just got to pick where you want to launch out of, and that really is going to tell you what kind of species that are going to be more prevalent in that area. So that's one thing I definitely am going to take you to do this summer, Andrew. We're we're going back to South Padre, and we are definitely going to go and target those reefs that are out there because I think I think I've found some coordinates. 
we seem to take an opposite approach, though. Every time we target someplace, and it's supposed to be good weather, we get it's terrible weather. So we need to watch for terrible weather, head down there, and it'll probably be beautiful. <laughs> so the complete opposite approach that we usually do, that's what we need to focus on. Yeah, like the complete opposite approach of safety and everything we just talked about, we're going to go in the opposite direction. If it says terrible weather, small craft advisory, we're heading south Texas. And then when we get there, it'll be sunny and beautiful. I like this formula. And if not, we're in south Texas. That's not necessarily a chore anyway. No, no. We, we could find something to do, I have a feeling. It would be okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's... I really want to get out there and uh, I want to fish. I want to get down there and fish that time of the year when they've got those dusty anchovies that ball up around those those reefs. Um, it's a little bit dicey because you can run into some shark action out there, some schooling sharks. And whenever they're all fired up like that, they can get really bold. Uh, you know, a friend of ours, Steve Mullins, you know, he went down there and mm-hmm. was having big sharks slam his boat. So... You know, maybe invest in something, maybe invest in the shark shield. I don't know. That would be, I know I know. Jim uses one. We started using it. Do you even know what it is, yeah. Andrew? No, I was about to say, I'm about to show my hair. It's what in the world is a shark shield? Is it like, we're talking like shield, like knight's shield, or what is it? <laughs> yeah, you go down there with a lance and the, and the shield yeah, and yeah. cut them off medieval style. <laughs> Right. No, it's like a sonar. It puts off an like I think it's an electronic style. Like they they pick up an electric electronic current through the water, and they don't like it, and they just take off. So, so it's the exact but, opposite of that other thing that you put in your boat that's supposed to draw in fish that's just scaring fish away. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Gotcha. Just if you own both, be careful what you take that day. Yeah, you better have them labeled. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, we'll, we're going to go down there because especially it's, it's usually in the late summer, late fall, you'll get those dusky anchovy balls that'll come up to the surface. They'll get pushed up by the kings. They'll get pushed up by the sharks, anything like that. And uh, that's when you can go down there and you can target cobia. You can target, of course, the big kings. You can target, uh, you can also target reef fish because usually those, those anchovies are balled up over structure underneath unless they kind of drift off. But typically, you know, on mounds and humps like that offshore, they'll get pushed up. So we'll go down there and uh, you can go down there and throw topwaters. You can dead stick bait off the bottom. You can Carolina rig the bottom reef for snapper, gag grouper. Uh, I've seen some pretty impressive catches come out there. So that'll be interesting. That'll be your first true pandemonium fishing under yeah, that that would be it. But, I mean, I'm not getting my hopes up because, like I said, every time I go down that part of Texas, the weather just screws up everything. So when, when it happens, I'll believe it. Until then, it's going to be 20-mile winds and rain. Well, it, ha- it happens. Yeah. You know, it's got to deal with it. Yes, I mean, that day that we were out there fishing, uh, the initial time we went down to South Texas, we, uh, the guys that were in the AIs trolling the beach down the way from us, you know, when they came back in, I remember reading their report, they broke their, their ACA arm 
I mean, having to straight, uh, strip all the sailing equipment down and go straight adventure. And they were catching tarpon in four and five foot swells out there. And there were some pretty, there's pretty big seas, but all those birds we saw diving, those were all those anchovies back there in Bullet and Menhaden. And they were just chowing down. We missed out big time. Right. So, but we'll go down. Uh, and then we've also, you know, the springtime, that's a really good time for us to go up on, like, the Galveston Ship Channel. And it's not necessarily the best for, for new people, but you can go to the Galveston Ship Channel and you can catch that, um, the bull black drum run. And those are really fun fish to catch, just big, strong, powerful fish, you know. You're just fishing in really heavy current in the ship channel when the tide swings, so you got to really kind of be careful. But I'll be coming into Houston probably the March time frame when those guys start taking off, and you'll always be able to know when they are because the offshore kayak fishing or BTB forum, whatever you want to call it, in Texas kayak fishermen, that really that really uh, sets off. So, Well, looks like we've got our guest for this evening calling in. Uh, going to bring him on in. He's the host of the Kayak Fishing Show. He's a friend of mine. His name is Jim Salmon. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going, Jim? I'm doing good, man. Awesome. I was, I was, told, I was told to tell you that Lauren says hi. I'm sorry. It kind of broke up there. I was told to tell you that Lauren says hi. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Lauren's awesome. Tell her hello also. Yeah, not My a problem. Favorite, favorite deckhand. <laughs> yeah, that, um, unfortunately, we, we still hear about it, and there's photos everywhere to remind me. <laughs> well, we've got to get you guys back down there. Yeah, we're, we're really... I know I've told you before, and I haven't followed through, and I, I feel terrible, but... I think uh, it, it, we really want to do it. We really want to come down again this year. I'm trying to talk Andrew to come in and uh, take part in it as well because I, I, don't, I think he'd get spoiled also. But, yeah, this, uh, cool. those big roosters uh, will we'll put the hurt on you. and They sure are a lot of fun. Oh, I everything else not down there. Yeah, no, I, like nothing I've ever caught before. Just straight freight train. <laughs> so, yeah, as as we said, that ain't no redfish. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Well, man, uh, how how things been going? You've been. Uh, I know you finished up a, a nice little tour of the California coast, wrapping up. Uh, I guess you're wrapping up this last season of the or the season five filming. Uh, well, we still got a few things to do. I actually leave again in uh, a week a little over a week, and we'll be heading down to Panama, one of my favorite places in the world. So uh, we're going to go down there and uh, chase some big game there. And uh, I, think, I think I have one more shoot after that to wrap up for the uh, 2014 airing season, and then we get right to work, and we've already got plans for uh, our shoots for next year, so for the next airing season. Very cool. So same yeah, thing. Yeah, it sounds like it, but hey, man, staying busy fishing, that's, that's my kind of busy right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I, I said, I mean, I've got no complaints, and uh, even when I've got them, nobody's going to listen to them anyway. So I just 
kind of keep my my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. But I saw you got into some stout. So I guess you got her fishing for some bass and some and some of the lakes there. And uh, on your trip. yeah, the, the, this California trip uh, was was basically uh, a last minute kind of deal. It certainly wasn't the ideal timing for fishing in California, and particularly NorCal. Uh, but we had had to cancel a couple of shoots this year because of bad weather, and we just needed to make up some stuff. So I did, we just decided, hey, let's jump in the truck, go visit, uh, you know, my buddy Sean White up in Northern California and a few of the other Jackson Kayak guys and, and just, uh, you know, just see something different, just have some fun. And so we, we had a really good time and got some nice bass and stuff up there and some trout and just uh, overall just uh, a good chance to meet some of the Jackson guys that I'd never met before and, um yeah, you know, I said just show show some some different scenery. So, how much of the this is Andrew? How much time do y'all spend shooting? Like, how much of your year is shooting the show, and how much it's just doing well, you know, do, everything else you know, that's going on with? Well, we do thirteen episodes a year, um, and we usually spend about three four days per episode. You know, we're not like some bass show that's on a private lake. You know, it's a, we're we're doing exotic stuff going all over. So, um, it, it takes a little bit longer to shoot our show than, like I said, some of these uh, canned shows that are out there. But uh, um, all told, with uh, trade shows and whatnot, I'm on the road about uh, a little over three months a year. That's not bad. I mean, that's still a lot of that's a lot of time away from home for sure. But at least you're getting to do something enjoyable. Oh yeah, you know, I've I've been to some amazing places. I mean, just uh, you know, during the during the last year, you know, I, I was uh, I got to fish on the Nile in Uganda. Um, I fished uh, in the Arctic Circle. Um, you know, during the course of our our shooting, you know, we've been to. Uh, Panama a couple of times, Costa Rica a couple of times, uh, New Zealand twice. Um, you know, I, I'm very, very lucky. I've got to see some amazing things and fish with some really cool people and just had a really good time. That's awesome. Well, well since you know, I got one more question real quick. Since we all know Jeff and you fished with Jeff a few times, do you have anything funny about Jeff Herman that we can make fun <laughs> about later? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jaron, are you telling secrets? Um, I, I don't. I, I don't tell nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been, I, I've been uh, sworn to uh, to let the one thing we had on him go. All I can say to you about Jeff Herman is he is an awesome guy to fish with, uh, a great friend, a great person. And just every once in a while, he needs a little help with a fish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we love you, Jeff. Just to let you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know that everybody knows you're from the kayak fishing show. Uh, you know, back and all, seeing everything that you got, you've done on television. And you know, for people who are just jumping into the sport, and you know, they're starting to watch your show. Just maybe you know. Uh, Give a little bit of background on you know who you are and you know like how how long have you been doing offshore kayak fishing and what really kind of gravitated or made you gravitate towards that style? 
Well, you know, I, I'm here in San Diego. I've been here my whole life, and I've been fishing my whole life here. So um, offshore fishing is just what we do. I mean, it, it's I was doing it on my surfboard before kayaks. Um, you know, we I've been doing it for, for over 20 years. Um, I've been guiding now for like 17 years kayak fishing, so I don't know if there's, you know, anybody who can really say that, you know, constantly guiding in the sport for, for that many years. Um, so I've just been at it a long time, and I always enjoyed sharing the sport with other people. Um, back in the day when kayak fishing was a, you know, a real oddity and people thought we were really crazy, um, you know, I would spend hours just standing on the beach and talking to people about it after I'd come in and they'd see us coming in with yellowtail and white sea bass and, and big fish. So, you know, it's just... Uh, Started, started guiding and started working with sponsors and then doing more seminars. And it's just one of these things. Just over, over the years um, of just enjoying sharing it, I, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, uh, pitch an idea to my producer, and he liked it. And, you know, we, we started making, you know, our kayak fishing, the, the Game On movies. And um, because it was different and something... That, that people hadn't seen before and the networks hadn't seen anything like it. Um, they actually, at WFN, the World Fishing Network, which was one of the networks we air on, which is the original network we aired on, they saw our videos and asked us to turn it into a TV show. So it wasn't something we went out looking to do um, at that point. They, they, <laughs> they kind of approached us. So um, it's just been very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time to do what I get to do. And, you know, I, I caught my first marlin off a kayak in, in San Diego, which is um, yeah, very rare. It's never been done again. And I did it in, God, I don't remember, 90, 98, I think I caught that fish. Um, so it got a lot of publicity. And then I did it again down in Mexico. Um, and there's a picture of the marlin under my kayak that's probably been printed more times than any other kayak fishing picture uh, all over the world. So it got me a little bit of international notoriety. I mean, it's been printed in magazines all over the world. It's crazy. Uh, I've never gotten a cent for that picture, which is even crazier. But, uh, you know, I, the notoriety I got is well worth that, so I'll, I'll take it, you know. So it's just yeah. been, uh, it's just been, you know, I've been fortunate. I mean, like I said, the right place at the right time and and working hard to share the sport, and it's just all come together, and uh, I still love talking about this sport with people every day. You know, it's just it's my passion. So I guess if it's your passion, it comes across that way. I, I just hope people enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, man. I've, I've got it set up on there to record every single, every single episode. And, I have select one that are my my favorite. I, I I love the I love the tuna one you had last season in the out of what's it called Louisiana Mex, fishing with the Mexican the Mexican Gulf Fishing Company. Yeah, that was that was incredible. You know, uh, you know, we get hammered a little bit by people for you know mother shipping. Um, I'll, I'll paddle with anybody. I can paddle from shore any day. That's what I do daily. You know, here in San Diego. But I'm shooting a, a TV show, and we have to have boats to, for my cameraman, and so that's what we do. But there's also fisheries like Louisiana 
where if you want to get to those big pelagics, you don't have a choice. You, you can't paddle from shore. I mean, they're 20 miles out. So to to hook up with a company like the Mexican Gulf Com- um, Mexican Gulf Fishing Company um, and, and have them work with us and then have something cool like, you know, these guys that, that are on the boat that have never kayak fished jump in a kayak and land 140-pound tuna um, it, it was truly, I mean, just a little short story about that, that trip. Um, you know, one of the guys on, on the trip, um, the, the deckhand and got it. He's going to, he's going to kill me because his name is, uh, failing me at this, at this moment. Um, he, uh, he'd never fished out of a kayak. So we stuck him in the kayak uh, on the last day of shooting and within minutes he caught a, a black fin tuna. And a few minutes later, his second fish is a very big tuna that took him on one of the fastest sleigh rides I've ever seen. Uh, unfortunately, with that fish, its head was the size of any of the biggest fish we caught. Um, so it was a good 140-plus pound yellowfin tuna. Unfortunately, after uh, about an hour, it got bit in half um, by a, a large shark. Um, his next fish, which is just directly after that, was about a 300-pound dusky shark which he brought all the way up to the side of the kayak. So, I mean, he had a heck of a learning curve in his first outing on a kayak, and he, and he absolutely loved it. It was, it, was, it was very cool to see somebody who had never even been in a kayak do that in such a short period of time. That's sick. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was cool. And like I said, they, they, it, it was... That, 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 was a, that was a fun shoot, and you know we were fishing with Jeff Pierce from Mustad Hooks at the time, um, and and he is he is such a great angler, and I learned a ton from him. And that's one of the cool things about doing this too, is you know being able to travel and and meet different people from around the world and from around our country, and you know so many good anglers, and you know I, I would never claim to be the best angler in the world. Um, <laughs> you know I I know what I know, and and, and how I do things, but I mean, I learned so much from so many of these guys. It, it's it's just a, a, a real pleasure to be able to fish with so many great anglers. Andrew, are you there? I bored him. To, I bored him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I think he's got some connection issues where he's out, but. We had a we had a guy on the chat board uh, ask a question. He wants to know if uh, when are you going to be doing a Texas show? Well, you know, um, we've done a Texas show, and I would love to do another one. I mean, uh, with Jeff Herman down there as a member of the uh, Jackson Kayak Brew, you know, I am with Jackson Kayak now from you know previously with that other company, and. Um, you know, uh, we we love to fish with Jeff every year, and and uh, it, you know, all I have to do is throw it to him and say, "Hey, uh, Jeff, got some ideas for us," and I'm sure he'd put something together. So uh, I, I'm sure it's in the cards. I mean, I, I we I, we fished with Jeff at least once every single year. Of course, the last time I fished with him, uh, you know, we were went to Uganda together. Um, so actually, actually, the last time I fished with him was in Puerto Rico for tarpon. So uh, you know he, he's a great guy, and, and so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll pull something else together, or some of the other Jackson Kayak uh, pro staff. You know, that's what we, we try to shoot with uh, some of the members of the pro staff just to 
you know, keep it all in the family and have some fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to ask, like, out of all the places you've ever fished, like, what's, like, the most difficult place you've you've fished? Like, just from the weather to the targeting of of the species you were going after, what's the most, like, difficult or most interesting place you've fished? Uh, Well, difficult, it's hard to say. I mean, because, I mean, my own backyard can be very difficult. La Jolla can be one of the most difficult places around a fish just because it's known for a lot of really good fish, but it can also be a very finicky place. Uh, of course, you know, we had, we were supposed to shoot Louisiana this year and we had to cancel it twice because of weather. So, you know, the weather can throw, be a factor in, in a lot of places. And we were supposed to do some steelhead fishing on this Northern California trip, but we actually had the total opposite of what we normally get. You know, we, we, we draw in bad weather. I heard you guys talking about it a little bit. You know, well, we're much the same for the show is, uh, the cameras bring bad weather and lock jawed fish. So we were supposed to fish Northern California. We were supposed to do steelhead fishing. But like I said, we had the total opposite. Instead of having bad weather, we had really nice weather. We were in such a drought here, there wasn't enough water in the rivers for us to go fish. So, um, but as far as, like, the most incredible place, you know, place that I would fish um, every year if I could, and, again, we're going back there this year, um, is Panama. Panama, 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 Panama rocks. Um it's uh, the the a variety of fish you can catch there, catch there inshore and offshore. Um, you know, from in the same day, fish catching big rooster fish and Pubera snapper and Trevally um, on the inshore, and then paddle offshore, and you're in tuna and dorado and marlin. Um, I mean, it, it's an incredible, incredible fishery and a great country. I mean, I absolutely love Panama. <laughs> When you're out in, uh, you're, when you're fishing Panama, you're fishing mainly in the Hannibal Bank area, right? Well, that's where we we have before that. When we did the shoot um, with Panama the last two times, we did it with uh, a place called Pesca Panama, and it's a really cool operation because it's a floating lodge. So basically, the lodge moves every night, and then you fish a different area. So yeah, you're fishing uh, Coiba Island, um, Montosa Island, and Hannibal Bank. Um, so, you know, you, you have the opportunity at some really incredible fishing. Um, the shoot we're doing this year is with a different operation, and it's called Paddle Panama, and they're actually catering to kayak fishermen uh, much more than the other operation was uh, because like, it's in the name, Paddle Panama, and uh, will be more land-based. But, uh, you know, they've got pongas there if we want to, you know, make some longer runs to, to go investigate some different spots or get offshore a little farther. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, just picture this, you're, you're, you're fishing next to an island and you have howler monkeys up in the trees, just screaming as you're catching fish right below them. It's, it's like no place I've ever been. I mean, Costa Rica is a lot like that as well. Costa Rica is very, very cool place, both coasts. Um, you know, the, the Pacific coast is, is incredible for the inshore and offshore. And then of course the, uh, the uh, East Coast, the uh, Caribbean Coast, is, uh, you know, we had just ridiculously good fishing out of uh, Silver King Lodge. Uh, just insane, insane fishing for uh, big tarpon. I mean, at this point, I caught, on the last day of the trip, I caught 11 tarpon in one day. 
and these were all fish from, you know, 100 to 150 pounds. That's crazy. Since you're sponsored, obviously you're you're fishing out of, you know, Jackson kayaks right now, and then using that that gear. How are you getting your gear there? I mean, I know with the Uganda trip, the boats actually went through us, and we you know had them crated and they were picked up. But is that typical, or a lot of the places do they have the boats and the gear there for you? How are you doing that part of it? Uh, a lot of it is basically we make an arrangement with a lodge or or something like that, and. We will either, you know, they want to get kayaks in a fleet, so we'll arrange for them to get a really good deal on kayaks. Or with some places, it's like, hey, we, we just ship the kayaks there, um, you know, well in advance. Like you said, uh, South Af- or in Africa, Uganda, uh, we shipped those kayaks like four and a half months in advance, and they got there the day after we did. Um, so it, it, it does logistics for these things, for these more remote trips and stuff. But generally speaking, it is ship them there and leave them. So any of the places we've been now have kayaks <laughs> because we generally just leave them there because it's not worth trying to ship them back. And that's part of the deal we might make with a lodge. You know, hey, you guys put us up, you know, take care of our uh, our guides or whatever and or lodging, and we're going to leave you a couple of kayaks. So that usually works out really good for us. But then again, we also, uh, because kayak fishing is growing so much globally, um, we hook up with locals, you know, who have kayaks. And, and Jack, Jack and Kayak has good distribution in a lot of places around the world. That's what we're going to Sweden this year to fish with some of the Jacks and Kayak pro staff there. So, um, you know, we, we try to work stuff like that where we can fish with some of the locals who already have kayaks, who are kayak fishing. It just makes a little bit better story. But uh, <clears throat> the uh, Paddle Panama, we arranged for him to get some kayaks for his operation. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's just a matter of handling logistics well in advance. Very cool. Yeah, I, I, that was a, whole, that's a good question, Andrew. I always, I always thought about that. I, it, seeing, the, seeing them all arrive in the location and you guys go, I guess you go have little uh, mini rigging sessions before you guys go off because, you know, they're all geared up. And I, I, I've always seen I, the, the new videos that you got out whenever you're fishing, you've got your fish finder mounted on that, that dry box that you can take from boat to boat. Is that is that something that you picked up from uh, someone else, or is that just something that you do strictly to be able to take that fish finder from boat to boat? Well, it's funny. You know, I always, back in the day, um, <clears throat> when, uh, I, you know, I, I started first putting ki- uh, fish finders on kayaks, I, I was using the Hummingbird Portables because it was just so easy, you know. Um, and so I always liked the portability aspect. Um, then later on, I started hard mounting them to the kayaks, but I always had that portability in my mind. So as soon as I started traveling, uh, we were always coming up with different ways to make portables. And this way, by using it on that small um, Pelican case, it, it just makes it such a nice setup. You know, it's got the, the Pelican case with combined with some of Yak Attack's parts, some RAM parts, and it makes a really great thing that I can just take from boat to boat and slap on there. You know, I'm using the Raymarine Dragonfly, which is just a phenomenal little unit. Um, I mean, it, it made the difference between catching fish and not catching fish on this the last trip. It shows structure so well. So, um, yeah, th- that, I really like having that portable for, for the travel, and I, I highly encourage anybody who's going to be a traveling kayak angler. The, the things I always tell people who are, are traveling is the things you want to bring if you can, bring your own paddle. 
because you may know kayaks are there, but if you're if you're used to paddling with a good paddle, you're not going to want to paddle with a rental. So bring your own paddle, bring your own PFD, um, and also bring you know besides your fishing gear and all that, it, it, if you can bring a portable fish finder, it can make a huge difference in your ability to to really concentrate on it, you know, to find fish and, and kind of investigate the areas. Because if you're fishing in an area you're not used to and you're fishing it blind, it can be really tough. Well, with that type of advice in mind, for, like, the guys out there that are just wanting to get into offshore kayak fishing, like, what's the best advice you can give them just, just to get started? So gear-wise or approach, what should they do to get started? I, I, you know, in all honesty, and I, I say this about any fishery, is if you can, if there's somebody there, you know, hire a guide. Um, and I don't say that just because I'm a guide, but, you know, when I go places, I hire a guide because it's going to, you know, lessen your learning curve. They're not only going to teach you about the particular fishery, but um, if you're new to offshore fishing, they're going to give you the instructions that you need to uh, to be safe on the water and um, and to, to do it effectively and efficiently. You know, obviously kayak fishing is not the most efficient thing in the world. It takes you a long time to get places. So the the more you can lessen your learning curve, the better off you are. Right. Cool. Right on, man. I'm a, we got a couple more questions that we got to come in from the chat room. Um, one guy wants to know if there's any new kayaks or gear that are coming out that have caught your eye for this coming season. Um, well... I'm not really supposed to talk about it, um, but I will <laughs> just a little bit. You know, uh, of course, I, you know I'm working on I'm working on a boat for for Jackson. Um, I've actually have had uh, the prototype for that boat for the last um, a little over a week. I've had it in the surf and paddling it offshore and put some different guys in it. So that'll be the uh, the Jackson kayak. It's called the Kraken. Um, and uh, that'll be a Jim Salmon signature boat for them, and uh, really, really excited about it. It's, it's going to be a paddler's boat. They, they've really concentrated on stand-up. You know, all their boats are made for people who want to stand up and sight cast and all that. Well, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to stand up. I, you know, I want to cover miles, and they knew they didn't have that in their line, so they asked me to uh, to help them, and, and by no means is this a Jim Sam design boat. This is a total team effort by all the guys at Jackson, their design staff, and, and input from pro staff and everything else. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's going to be uh, the, basically an offshore paddler's, not, not not just offshore. I mean, that's what, that's what I like to do, but a paddler's boat, you know, somebody who wants to get out there and really put in some miles to get to a destination, or, you know, they're out trolling all day. Um, and then they want to carry a big fish home and that sort of thing. So hopefully it's going to have a lot of the features that, that people want to see in a good offshore boat. But I can't talk uh, What about the name? Where did the name come from? That is, did you have any input on that? That's a pretty cool name for a, a kayak. Yeah, that was that was mine. Uh, I mean, obviously I didn't invent the name Kraken, um, but uh, that was that was – that was a name that uh, I presented to them that uh, when I was starting to do an offshore boat, I just liked it, you know, a mythological creature that can go out there and destroy ships, take what it wants. And I just, I just always liked it. So uh, I presented that when I started working on the boat with them, I presented that name to them and uh, they liked it and it stuck. 
Uh, that, that's cool. I didn't know if it was inspired by rum or we had some other kind of inspiration, but that, that's well, that's all. you know, I am a I am a rum drinker, <laughs> so yeah, crack and rum. Uh, I even I have the uh, I have a Kraken tattoo on my shoulder. Uh, he's holding a paddle and a marlin in his tentacle. So um. <laughs> very nice. I think I think we know the artist. Yeah, I was, I was yes. secretly trying to get to that, but <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, our friend uh, Jackie Endlich, who if anybody uh, wants to see her incredible art, she's at uh, uh, saltwaterartist.com or the saltwaterartist.com. I think it's saltwaterartist.com. Um, she's an incredible artist. I have two original pieces of hers hanging in my house. Uh, she did the original concept art for this. Um, a tattoo, and then my tattoo artist is also a friend of mine. He, uh, you know, he tweaked it a little bit for for tattooing and for you know for his artistic tastes, and uh, I'm really happy with it. And uh, but like I said, Jackie's an incredibly talented artist, so people ought to check out her stuff. Yeah, and for anyone that's uh, in Houston, just a little plug for Jackie. If you stop by the Houston store of Austin Kayak, her artwork is what's all over the front of the store. So yeah, she's an amazing is- artist. That is really cool. I would love to see her be successful with that. Uh, we got her a job here in San Diego, uh, working for a, working for a friend. She's working at a photography studio right now, but she's still doing her art on the side a little bit. And I would love to see her be a success with that because she's so good at it. Absolutely, I agree. I, I'd love to just get a piece. I've been I've been trying to think if I've asked her before if I gave her an inspire an inspiring designer a photo or something that she can just get creative with. I'd love to have a piece that to hang up in the house. That's it's I really like her work. It's it's, it's unique and it and it it fits. I mean it, it's just a really cool design concept and she does a very good job with it. So. Yeah, I uh for for the second piece, she's got she did two of them for me. She did one of uh of uh, a Baja thing where it's all the fish that catch down at Baja and then she did one of my, my local fishery as well. And it's very, very cool. And uh, I, I traded her a kayak for one of them. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I've seen photos of her in that kayak. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for anybody who I, I know, you you know you, you take guided trips down to Baja. Uh, is there a website that people can get on, uh, get some information, and you know have an opportunity to go down there and fish with you? Oh, of course. You know, we, 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 of course, we're buried in websites, but we have uh, my website, which is kayak, the number four, fish.com. That's my personal site for, for the guide service. And then, of course, if anybody wants to see any of our videos, we've got a really great new video uh, introduction to the show this year and a new theme song, which I'm really stoked on. Uh, they can see all that at kayakfishingtales.com, which is our YouTube channel. And then, of course, we've got the Kayak Fishing Show's website as well and our Facebook page, which, you know, if people really want to stay up to date on what we're doing, the Facebook page, the Kayak Fishing Show website, uh, Facebook page is really probably the best thing because, we're, you know, we're all, we update that thing daily and we get a lot of traffic on there. Yeah, it, I, I recommend it to anybody out there. Uh, Jim does an amazing job of making you feel completely at home, confident in what you're doing, but, you know, it's, I, my wife, God bless her, she really didn't, she didn't know how to do very much fishing-wise, and she got seasick, but he still made her feel at home, and she had a great time on the boat. She even got shoved off the boat, 
which was a good day. <laughs> you know, that's the greatest cure to sea sickness I've ever seen. Uh, it but, works. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it works. But I, I again, I highly recommend you guys go out there, check out his website, book a trip with Jim. You'll have an absolute blast, and you, you'll catch fish that will just stick in your head forever. Will make memories for a lifetime. So. Definitely go check out his website. Um, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It was great talking to you again. Uh, hopefully we can have you on here again some other time. Uh, maybe give a report on maybe how your new shooting for the, the next season is going or something like that. But I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your schedule to stop by and get on that fish in Texas and chat it up with us a little bit. Uh, no problem, man. I'm happy to do it anytime. Anything for you, Jaron, man. And again, tell uh, uh, give Lauren my best. And uh, uh, you know, well, I guess I'll probably see you at uh, iCast or outdoor retailer or something. Yeah, there's. I think there's a. I think there's a chance we might go to iCast this year. Uh, so it, it, if not that, definitely we'll be at OR. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you then. Well, too, hopefully, and... hopefully we'll have that cracking at iCast so you'll be able to see it. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to it, man. And uh, hopefully you see in, uh, hopefully, you know, when you book your jury, you set the time frame for the Baja trip this year, uh, we'll go ahead and get everything squared away for that. That'd be awesome. It'd be good to see you. All right, guys. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thanks. Cool, Andrew. That was was real fun. I always like talking to Jim. He's just so well of knowledge and you know his his techniques and everything that you know when we got when we learned in Baja you know his, just everything he knows about it he, it's stuff that you use everywhere I mean now the one thing I wish I would have remembered over the time is they they taught me a knot whenever I was in Baja is like the Mexican no name knot or something like that the Mexican perfection knot I can't remember it at all I don't know if it's the regular perfection knot or if it's whatever, but I can't remember it, and it bothers me to this day. It bothers me to this day. It was the coolest knot ever. I've watched you struggle to retie that knot for hours, like either at the store or when we're out doing something. Yeah, I know know it eats at you, but one day, Jerry. Yeah. I know, man. One of these days, I'll remember, and it'll be someplace random. I'll be probably like... Lauren will be shopping on Hobby Lobby, and all of a sudden I'll go, oh, hey, I know that knot, and I'll go grab some yarn off the yarn. It'll, just, it'll come to me like that. So, anywho, well, next week we don't have a, we don't have our guests lined up yet. Uh, we've got a couple of names we're kicking around, uh, you know, potentially maybe getting Dustin Kareva in here. He, he runs the Lone Star Kayak Series. It's a local tournament in the Houston, Texas Gulf Coast area. He just announced his dates for that particular tournament series. So potentially we'll have we could have him in here. I'd really like to get Dean Thomas from Slow Ride Guide Service on here one day. That would be really cool. And then probably grab another one of the Team Ocean Kayak guys, uh, maybe Vincent. You know, have him come on and talk uh, mm-hmm. some more some more fishing about the the coastal area there too. So uh, so. Thanks a lot for everybody who came on tonight. Big thanks to Jim for coming on the show again. Uh, everybody go in. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, 8 p.m. 
And I just come back on to Yak Fishing, Texas. So good night, everybody, and tight lines.